Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer, podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's three-nation tour of Asia is as much about demonstrating that he stands tall, despite Western criticism of the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi and the war in Yemen, as it is about exploiting geopolitical and economic opportunities. Prince Mohammed is betting on the optics of his visit to Pakistan, India, and China, offsetting talk in the U.S. and Europe about arms embargoes and sanctions. Prince Mohammed changed his itinerary at the last minute, delaying by a day his arrival in Pakistan and postponing visits to Malaysia and Indonesia. The stakes are nonetheless high. Saudi Arabia has sought to strengthen ties with Pakistan, with one eye on neighboring Iran. The Crown Prince's visit coincides with Pakistan becoming increasingly dependent on Saudi Arabia, while relations with China, its closest ally, have become strained. Saudi financial support for Pakistan is designed to counter expanding ties with Iran. That support includes a $3 billion deposit into Pakistan's central bank to bolster the country's balance of payments and another $3 billion in deferred oil import payments, coupled with an expected $20 billion investment, primarily in the troubled province of Balochistan, which borders Iran. Prince Mohammed could also seize upon Pakistani criticism of China's Belt and Road Initiative and efforts to refocus the $45 billion-plus China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, or CPEC, on job creation, agriculture, and industry. However, Saudi investment in Pakistan could complicate Prince Mohammed's attempts to forge closer economic and security ties with India in light of the recent attack in Kashmir that killed at least 42 Indian military personnel blamed on Pakistan. India has vowed to isolate Pakistan internationally, including seeking Pakistan's blacklisting by the Financial Action Task Force, or FATF, which monitors financing of terrorism. Managing the India-Pakistan minefield will test Prince Mohammed's diplomatic skills. Iran's India-backed Arabian Sea deep-sea port of Chabahar is viewed by Saudi Arabia as encroaching on the kingdom's national security and economic interests. A study published in 2017 by the Riyadh-based and government-backed International Institute for Iranian Studies identified Chabahar as a direct threat to the Arab Gulf states. The study warned Chabahar would enable Iran to increase oil exports to India at the expense of Saudi Arabia and raise foreign investment in Iran. The study's author, Mohammed Hassan Hussein Bor, noted the expanse of Iran's Sistan and Balochistan province. It would be a formidable challenge, if not impossible, for the Iranian government to protect such long distances and secure Chabahar in the face of widespread Baluch opposition, particularly if this opposition is supported 
by Iran's regional adversaries and world powers, Mr. Hussein Bohr wrote. Iran has blamed a series of recent attacks in Sistan and Baluchistan on Pakistan-based militants allegedly supported by Saudi Arabia, the United States, and Israel. Saudi Arabia's economic and geopolitical investment in Pakistan will be on the agenda for the Crown Prince's talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping. China rejected Pakistan's initial plan to incorporate into CPEC Saudi investment in a refinery in Gwadar, a crown jewel of the Belt and Road Initiative, a mere 70 kilometers up the coast from Chabahar, and a gold and copper mine on the Iranian border. Nonetheless, China has benefited from Saudi engagement in Pakistan, despite concerns about the kingdom's intentions. Financial support from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates has made a Pakistani request for a bailout by the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, less urgent. That has in turn shielded China from potentially embarrassing disclosures of the financial terms of CPEC-related projects the IMF was demanding as part of a Pakistani bailout. While the Crown Prince gave no reason for the postponement of his visit to Malaysia, it is unlikely money and investment would have been enough to fix Saudi Arabia's problems with the Southeast Asian nations. Relations since Mahathir Mohammed's upset electoral victory last year have been strained by Saudi efforts to protect Najib Razak while he was prime minister. Deposed by Mahathir, the former prime minister has since been charged with corruption. Mahathir's election victory also brought to office Mohammed Sabu, a defense minister with a track record of criticizing the kingdom. Malaysia should not be too close to a country whose internal politics are getting toxic. For the lack of a better word, Saudi Arabia is a cesspool of constant rivalry among the princes. By this token, it is also a vortex that could suck any country into its black hole if one is not careful, Mr. Sabu warned in a commentary. Mr. Sabu has since withdrawn Malaysian troops from the Saudi Arabia-based 41-nation Saudi-sponsored Islamic military counterterrorism coalition. He has also closed a Saudi-funded anti-terrorism center, the King Salman Center for International Peace, which was allocated 16 hectares of land in Putrajaya, close to the Prime Minister's complex by the Razak government. The center was inaugurated in 2017 by Prince Mohammed's father, King Salman. Prince Mohammed may emerge from his tour reassured, having been feted, certainly would have been less welcome in Washington or West European capitals. The ultimate measure, however, will be his ability to maneuver and master a minefield of conflicting geopolitical interests, something he has not yet shown he can do. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at midisoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.